Good morning and welcome. And the Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all. In the name of Christ our Lord. It is a blessing, a gift to be able to share and worship with you this morning. Welcome each of you to First Church. We are especially grateful for the presence of those who may be visiting. You bless us with your presence. As we pray, this is a blessed time for each of us as we gather and worship God together. Just a reminder that you'll find some registration pads to your right or left because it helps us to know of you sharing in worship at First Church this morning. And as we gather, it's helpful for us to be mindful of opportunities for service and fellowship as they are before us. We are very excited about this day as we begin a new chapter with youth and children's ministries following this time of worship as we gather as young families uh, in the uh, Uptown Ministry Center to share in a time of meal around the table, and then we'll find we go our different ways for choral instruction, for faith development, but again, a wonderful time is before us. Thank you for your support of these ministries and for your prayers as well. And then tomorrow afternoon, it will be very exciting and, and energetic here at First Church as we begin our children's choirs rehearsals again. So again, we are blessed to be able to offer these ministries, blessed with the leadership we have, and blessed with your prayers and support that make these ministries happen as well. We gathered yesterday in the Uptown Ministry Center, the third Saturday of each month, as we do, to share in the ministry of the food bank and clothes closet. Jim Roberts is always kind enough to give us numbers from those ministries in regard to the food bank. 114 families were served, 148 boxes packed, 364 people served total, and by way of the clothes closet, we served 86 families and served 317 people total. Do keep these ministries before you uh, in this and coming weeks. And again, as we see our bulletin coverage, just a preview of the word as it will be proclaimed from the Gospel of Luke. Luke is our gospel this year from chapter 12. We hear the words of Jesus, which are not necessarily the most pleasing words to hear, but they are words that are before us, and I look forward to sharing in these words. I look forward to sharing in the celebration of new life as we receive Annie and Allie Lane by way of um, membership and profession of faith this morning and grateful for the music as it is before us as well with Terry Mitchell at the upright bass. I invite us now to prepare to worship God together.
I'll invite us to stand. Our call to worship is before us. We come together eager to cry out to the shepherd of Israel. As we worship the one who makes us strong. For it is the Holy One who gives us life.
Please be seated. I invite us to go to God as we pray. Our opening prayer is before us. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God of all nations, you love justice and hate oppression. You give peace to those who seek it, and you condemn violence wherever it is in your creation. Surround us with a great cloud of witnesses that we may have faith to live by your word, so we may have courage as we face our trials and tribulations. Give us courage to look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen. I'll invite our children to come forward, and Matt Hoover will lead us in our children's time. Oh, hey, you guys. How's it going? Good. Awesome. Yeah, dude. Nice. So, you had a good summer? School's starting back up real soon. It's already started for you guys, right? Short summer. Yeah, it was for me, too. It was a good summer. So, Today we're going to talk about a topic that's a little bit hard sometimes because it deals with conflict. And specifically, it deals with conflict in the family. Now Jesus, of course, he loves us so immensely and so fully that we don't really that we don't really think that conflict will really come when we're following him. But Jesus said something that's really interesting. That he doesn't always come to bring peace. But instead, sometimes he comes as a wedge between you and others. Now what he means by this is when we do the right thing, we are in opposition to people who do the wrong thing. And sometimes, that can even be in our own families, which is really hard to understand. You should always pay attention, obey your parents. They'll lead you right always, especially when they're following God. But maybe there can be a uh, dispute between you and your sibling. Sometimes it can be a dispute between you and your sibling, like maybe somebody, like, how many of you guys ever had pudding cups? Like, do you have them in your fridge at home? I know it was a big thing for me and my family that we would have pudding cups given to each of us, and whenever one of my siblings would take my pudding cup, I'd get really mad at them because it was typically the last one, and they would never apologize. So there's conflict in that, and it had to be resolved. Now, sometimes... Conflict can arise when you don't really see eye to eye with somebody. They may think they're doing the right thing, but Jesus tells us what's the right thing. So it becomes really gray and kind of hard to understand. But it's always good to obey Jesus, even when that kind of tension comes up, because we can trust in him to always lead us right and always have us know what is good. And hopefully, one day bring that kind of peace through our steadfastness and our care for him. It's a little bit tough, but it's always worth it. All right, so let's pray. We'll hear more about this in Children's Church. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for showing what is right and what is good, for trusting our friends and family and listening to their teachings, but Lord God, also giving us the capability to stand up when wrong is presented to us that we can follow in your footsteps and do what is right and do what is good. We thank you, Jesus, for this guidance. In your precious name we pray. Amen. We hear the word of God as it comes to us from Luke, the 12th chapter, verses 49 through 56. First, we pray. Lord, as we hear your word proclaimed, help us to know that each word you speak 
is out of your love for us, your desire to heal and to save us and to draw us to yourself. For this word spoken now, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I came to cast fire upon the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how I am constrained until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For henceforth in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against her mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also said to the multitudes, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you say at once, a shower is coming, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not now know how to interpret the present time? This is the word of our Lord. We stand as we sing.
seated. Well, each week as we put the bulletin together for Sunday morning worship, I will go online and try to find some image or artwork appropriate to the lead scripture for the morning. Now, generally speaking, I do not have much trouble finding some appropriate image for the bulletin cover, some image representing well the chosen scripture. Well, that was not the case for the gospel lesson this morning. I mean, how do you find artwork, images of Jesus casting fire on the earth? This subject of family members in intense conflict with one another, well, strangely enough, that appears not to be a popular subject for artists. Go figure. We understand. This is not what we had hoped to hear this morning, is it? Far from it. These words from Jesus, Jesus of all people, are not the comforting, peaceful words we had hoped to hear from him. I mean, we've heard him speak such comforting words elsewhere in the Gospel of Luke. In Luke, we have heard the words of Jesus as spoken in his Sermon on the Plain. Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. We heard the tidings of great joy when Jesus was born. Spending time as we do in the Gospel of Luke this year, we know that at this point in Luke's Gospel, we yet anticipate great joy at Luke's recounting of the finding of the lost, joy expressed as a shepherd finds his lost sheep and a widow finds his lost coin and a father finds his lost child. Now this, or something like it, is what we had hoped to hear in this time of worship, hadn't we? Did we even know? Jesus speaks words such as these. I came to cast fire upon the earth, and would that it were already kindled. Do you think I have come to give peace on earth? No. I tell you, but rather division. For henceforth in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against his father, mother against daughter and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law. Hear the good news. Doesn't sound like good news, does it? Not that we want to hear, not what we want to hear when we come to this place of worship. Doesn't sound like the inspiring, uplifting news we wish to hear when we leave home this morning to come to this time and place to worship. These words of division and conflict, contention and fire, even among those closest to us, these words we find in the Gospel of Luke. Now, we don't expect these words from Jesus. We certainly don't want these words from Jesus, words speaking of discord and disharmony among the, us and those closest to us. We may even wonder why it is that words such as these find their place in Scripture. And I confess that as I try to understand why these words are in the Gospel, I'm led to wonder, well, might it be that these words find their place in Scripture because this was the experience of many households during the ministry of Jesus, that households were, in fact, divided because of Jesus. No, it's, it's not pleasant for us to think this. We prefer to think of Jesus as Prince of Peace. We prefer to think of Jesus as one who brings unity and harmony, as someone who has us all grabbing hands as we sing 
kumbaya. But I can't help but believe that Luke, as he shares these words of Jesus, is setting before us the experience of many within the early church, the experience of homes divided regarding the ministry of Jesus. For example, what do you mean you believe Jesus is the Messiah? He has not overthrown our oppressors. How can this traveling preacher be the Messiah? Or, how can you believe that Jesus is the Savior? Jesus died upon a cross. Our scriptures clearly tell us, cursed is the one who dies upon a tree. Or this, if you believe this Jesus of Nazareth this itinerant teacher with a ragtag bunch of followers, this man who ate with sinners, is God's promised Messiah, then you need to get out of this home right now. You see, Luke shares with us these words of Jesus because in these words we see the effect Jesus has upon many homes. Troubling words, yes, and words not applying to only one time or to one place. The truth is, we may know the experience shared within this gospel is an experience that you and I may know as well. It's not just a past experience, is it? This experience recalled by Jesus is also an experience known by his followers at any time and in any place. If you forgive that man for what he did to you, I will never speak to you again. But Jesus tells me I'm to forgive 70 times 7. I don't care what Jesus says. You know, I think we should fudge these numbers a little bit so the guys in corporate will think we performed better than we actually performed, you know? A little creative accounting, it's really not going to hurt anyone, is it? But Jesus would not have me lie. He is the way and the truth. He's the one who tells me the truth shall set you free. What are you doing writing that check to the church? We don't have money to give away. The kids need some clothes. It's back to school, you know. And the car is making some kind of strange noise again. And the electric bill is going to be through the roof. Do you think I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Now, this is not what we signed up for when we said yes to Jesus, is it? Far from it. We believe Jesus to be the one who brings us together. We believe Jesus to be the source of harmony, of healing, of overcoming all that separates us one from another. I've shared with you before that since living in Martinsville, I've been especially grateful that I've had the opportunity to work closely with those of other beliefs for the welfare of those in this community. You see, despite differences of belief regarding the sacraments or style of worship or church government, we still have been able to claim belief in Jesus and to be united in such belief. In other words, we have known Jesus to be the one who brings unity among us, not discord. So we find these words of Jesus, as recorded in the Gospel of Luke, to be especially troubling. For henceforth in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. That's not what we signed up for. I mean, we all know that if such discord and contention is something we want, we can turn in any direction and find no shortage of this. We can turn on our televisions and find a cable news show with all manner of yelling and a disagreement. We can turn on our computers, go to our phones, find no shortage of incivility, no shortage of rancor by way of social media. We may even find this as we turn to the letters to the editor section of the local paper. But that's not what we want. We may even pledge to ourselves and those of our immediate family that, you know, as Thanksgiving approaches, 
there are certain topics we're going to steer clear of. We don't want an aunt or an uncle or in-law storming away from the dinner table because of some disagreement over politics. And we would think Jesus to be affirming of our efforts. Still, we hear Jesus speak of being one who brings division amongst us and those closest to us. But I wonder if it really can be any other way. Because Jesus is not someone about whom we can be neutral, is he? Jesus is not someone about whom we can be indecisive. Jesus is either Lord of our lives or he is not. And it's not an option for us to kind of like Jesus. It is not an option for us to serve him at our convenience to fit Jesus into our schedule. This is to say we have not forgotten our profession of faith, the words of the baptismal covenant, which we will have opportunity to reaffirm again shortly. We have not forgotten the words of the baptismal covenant. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. Perhaps we begin to understand why Jesus speaks of being one who is a source of division, conflict. Because not everyone, even within the same family, will share the same confession. There may be within the household intense disagreement over what we believe about Jesus. In fact, there may be those who confess Jesus as Lord who find they pay a great price because of this belief. Still, they find that when it comes to choosing between this relationship with my family member or relationship with Jesus, as painful as it is, I'll choose Jesus. Our scriptures are clear. We cannot be neutral or indecisive about Jesus. While serving a church in the West End of Richmond, I had a, a choir director who had been with the church for many years, long enough to go through times of crisis, conflict, contention within the church. As I served that church, I would come to see that despite her long tenure there and her position of leadership, that any time conflict would occur within the church, and it occurred quite often, her response would be that of withdrawing, standing on the sidelines, waiting for the dust to settle. So more than once, she said to me, as she would move her hand in front of her from left to right in a straight line, she would say, I, I just like for everything in the church to go like this. I just, I just always want it to go like this. I would share her comments about dealing with conflict with a fellow pastor, and he remarked, you know, if you go into a hospital room to visit someone, and you see on a monitor there a calm, straight line, that's not a good sign. Well, Jesus makes it clear that he is not one to whom we respond with a straight line. Jesus makes it clear that his presence among us, his inauguration of the kingdom of God, is a moment of crisis, meaning we must decide if Jesus is Lord of our lives or not. Meaning we must decide if we are willing to say no to those things very dear to us in order to say yes to Jesus. Meaning, do we confess Jesus Christ as our Savior, put our whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as our Lord? We hear Jesus. 
There are signs of God's coming kingdom all around us. Everywhere we look, he says, there is witness to God's coming kingdom. It is near. It is urgent. And he says, know this. It may cost even those things dearest to us should we say yes to him. wish to invite Allie and Annie Lane, family members, friends who would like to come and stand with them as they profess their faith in Jesus and to join this church. I'll ask you to follow along as well. We should see the PowerPoint, but you're welcome to turn in your hymnals to page 33 as well as we receive Allie and Annie. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Through confirmation and through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism, acknowledge what God is doing for us, and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. I present Allie Lane and Annie Lane for confirmation, and I will ask of you these questions. On behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and a promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? Do you, as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ?
Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations. all people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their life, the dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you. Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Annie and Allie, I'll just ask you to stand and face me. Annie and Allie have been baptized, so we do not re-baptize, but we do reaffirm the vows that they made on the occasion of their baptism. And I will say, Allie, Remember your baptism and be thankful. Amen. And Annie, remember your baptism and be thankful. Amen. Allie and Annie, the Holy Spirit work within you, that having been born through water in the Spirit, you may live as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. And I will ask you, as members of Christ Universal Church, will you be loyal to the United Methodist Church and to do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? And as members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? Members of the household of God, if you'll turn and face the congregation. I commend Allie and Annie to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you, the body of Christ, and in this congregation, the United Methodist Church, 
we renew our covenant faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. And now the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen. And we welcome Ab Allie and Annie. And at this time, we share in the passing of the peace as we welcome one another in the name of Christ our Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the signs of the kingdom that we see all around us. As you give to us new life, as you call us to remember again that you are Lord of our lives. You bless us beyond measure, and we thank you. And return these gifts to you, praying that in your care they accomplish much. For the gospel of Christ our Lord. Amen.
seated and now invite us to go to God in prayer as we share in the prayers of the people. We know this to be a responsive time of prayer. I will name a series of petitions, concluding each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy. I invite from you the response, hear our prayer. I invite you to offer those concerns that you bring to this place upon your heart as we worship God together. And then we will conclude with our Lord's Prayer. We go to God as we pray. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, in your mercy, hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, in your mercy, hear us, Lord, as we pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy, for the Congress of the United States of America. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy. For Bishop Lewis, Bishop Weaver, Denise Bates, the ministries of First Church. For Pastor Keith Ritchie and his family. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, even now we know that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, by the communion of saints, joining their voices to ours, praying as Christ has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Stand as we sing.
Amen. God has given to us his gift of abundant life. He has spoken again his promise of eternal life, and we are assured that his kingdom is near and in those places all around us. We go now in the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 